Hello, hello, and welcome to Hometown Daily. Season 2, episode 163 for June 12th, 2023. Teeing up Taco Tuesday with a side of insanity plea. Let's get into the articles. Hello, hello, I am Marwat. that is hometown.com, and up there is the AI, the one, the only us. Yeah, I have to make it so that when I reach up, I hit the top, and, and it makes it look like I can't get out of this little box. <laughs> that would be funny. Oh, that's the AI, everybody. You want to say hi? Good evening, hometown citizens. Yay. So, yeah, today is uh, Monday the 11th, no. Monday the 12th. Yay. But tomorrow is Taco Tuesday, but it's getting a little messy. Oh, by the way, um, Pat Sajak is retiring after 41 seasons of Wheel of Fortune. It's quite the long you know, ride. I'm not sure I can move forward at this point because I think of Pat Sajak is associated with Wheel of Fortune, and that's it. <laughs> you know, Vanna White staying, I, I guess. I don't know. We haven't read the article. It's kind of a bummer, right? Is Vanna well, White still it is. There? I mean, they're both an institution. They are. 41. 41. They're, for 41, that means that if, yeah. That, that means their grandchildren, the show has had grandchildren that has gone to college. Yes. Wow. Well, I'm aware of certain viewers that probably started watching as kids and now have kids. <laughs> wow. 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 Well, let's just get into today's articles already got 12 you can vote by going to that little link rot there which is well not that link that link right there um hometown.com slash elections you can vote on the articles that you dig and that's really the only way it works you can't downvote articles because you don't like them but you can vote up articles that you do like it's kind of the positive vibe that we try and promote here in hometown and as usual, all of the articles are funneled into six main categories, 50 channels. Again, we're at, I think, 48 now. Um, but I'm actually thinking about a, a couple of others that we're going to add to kind of funnel more things in. But anyway, you ready to go on to the articles? I am. <laughs> Sorry, kind of chuckling about this. Okay, let's go. The uh, very first article is in the Warcrafters channel. All the premieres and reveals from the Xbox Games Showcase. Um, I leaned really hard into uh, Starfield today. Um, and so there are some VODs over here on uh, Twitch that when I moved them over to YouTube, I got uh, copyright notices. <laughs> I knew I knew it was going to happen. I mean, there so many people on Twitch um, stream this content that uh, as soon as I moved it over to YouTube, it just blew up. I got like flag, 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 like eight different videos flagged because it has copyright material in it. 
even though I talk over it, even though I'm breaking it up and blah, 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 still get not, they weren't strikes, but you don't know when they're going to turn into strikes. So I would love to throw this over to Twitch or sorry, to YouTube more often and talk about that kind of stuff, but I can't play the audio from these reveals right. from these news articles. It's, it's driving me really nuts. It's really driving me nuts. Um, even though we do value add, you know, we, we talk over it and we disrupt anyway. So all the premieres and reveals from the Xbox games showcase, we're talking about their content, hyping it up. Come on, come on. Caw. I mean, how dare you drive business to uh, software? Yeah, I had some people uh, like in history, I've had somebody say, well, I don't really need your business. I'm spending money marketing it. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> well, you don't need my business for a game subscription or whatever either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not from them. It wasn't from them. But um, I, I right. actually had somebody say something about that. I had aggregated an article um, and only the little snippet. And they're like, hey, you know, you need to include the link to the article. And I'm like, there is a link to the article right there. It's a snippet. I actually tease people into following it. And then I even talk about it and, and drive people to your article. And they're like, well, I'd like like the full on citation and all of that in there. And I'm like, hey, I'll do you one better and deleted it and sent them a note saying I deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, when you create friction uh, to, you know, the promotion of a content and stuff like that, the only real solution is to, you know, put action where your mouth is kind of a thing, you know? Anyway, I had to walk away. Anyway, um, has nothing to do with that. We need positive vibe. Be the change you want to see in the world. Microsoft's Xbox Games Showcase opened the lid on a bucket of trailers for upcoming games. This is over at PC Gamer, which does a bang up job talking about this content and constructing stuff like that. And uh, we tend to uh, send people over there via that link right there. So when you click that link, it takes you to here. Tyler Colt is the author of this. Every trailer from Microsoft's big, big event and there were quite a few. Fable is kind of the fan favorite. Um, South of Midnight, spectacular. Uh, absolutely love the graphics. I uh, love the audio. This is one of them that flagged me. Um, but in the notice, it says that it's not a big deal, but you don't know when it becomes a big deal, you know, because you uh, a copyright never you never lose a copyright per se. You can always enforce it at some point and you can turn a regular, a copyright notice into a copyright strike simply by leveraging your rights. Um, well, anyway, it's hard to know as the streamer when something's going to cross over the line because it's not done consistently. Yeah, there's no, you basically have to fail closed and that means anything that doesn't preemptively tell you that it's okay. You're supposed to assume that it's the end of the world. Don't bother. So, you know, like the music you're hearing right now in the background of this stream, um, I'm paying for it. So that's okay. 
I've also paid for commercial music in the past, um, three different services. And they didn't tell me until, I mean, I even spoke to an attorney about it and they're like, well, they're saying that it's okay. So you should be okay. And I'm like, I just found out that I'm not okay. Cause you have to have a thing called a sync license on top of it for anything even close to being a VOD. Well, even, even the people or not the people, I guess the automated enforcement of it yeah. doesn't necessarily align with whatever somebody will tell you. Yep. Yeah. 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 And uh, don't kid yourself, folks. There, there is no, um, what well, I just forgot the term. What is it? Fair use. There is no such thing as fair. I mean, there is a such thing as fair use, but there is no such thing as fair use at the same time. Cause there's no constraints. There's no limits. There's no nothing. There's nothing that says what fair use is. You literally have to argue it between attorneys. <laughs> if somebody wants to flash you and the only time that it isn't when, when fair use is just arbitrarily cast aside is in political campaigns. They don't have to answer to anything really. Um, ethical ones do, but yeah, you get my point anyway. Um, this is how it works in Gnome Town from time to time, sidetrack, kind of like a mode of dust and I get distracted, uh, but it's called associative thinking. It's a blessing and a curse can tie myriad things together, um, in profound ways at times and other times, like right now it pulls me from the track and I end up talking for 20 minutes about copyright. Anyway, uh, Star Wars Outlaws. Uh, to me, the trailer looks fun. I don't know about the rest of it. Honestly, there wasn't much to it for me to really buy into. Um, 33 Im Immortals. Okay. <clears throat> Do you think that you would wake up? You're an AI. So uh, you power on one day and you say to yourself, I'm going to build a game. How many people do you want to co-op together? So do a cooperative play. How many people? Um, I don't know, maybe a small group. Um, throw a number like, out there. Like four or five. How about 33? Maybe? How about 33? How about 33? Okay, that's kind of ridiculous. And rather arbitrary, but there you go. Bang, 33 Immortals is a 33 player co-op where you can hack and slash through 2D levels, it's basically, uh, to me, it looks like um, uh, Vampire Survivors, but with 33 people, it'll be fun if you can find 33 friends. Well, at least it wasn't called 77 Immortals. Yeah, uh, and you you fade out a little bit. So there you go. Thank you. Um, okay, so uh, Payday 3. That's been a long time coming. I think Persona 3 Reload, um, that actually surprised people. Avowed is going to be spectacular and everybody and their grandmother is ready to play Avowed. Sea of Thieves, The Legend of Monkey Island is going to be a blast for people who love Sea of Thieves and those who have never played the Sea of Thieves but love The Legend of Monkey Island. Uh, Monkey Island is old school back, I think, from like the 70s or late 80 or no early 80s i think 84 was the first one i think i'm not sure anymore i'm getting old memory memory who am i um 
Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024 is a completely rebuild of the uh, Flight Simulator, apparently, adding all kinds of things, resolution through the roof, all kinds of quality of life stuff. Like when you're flying around, you see life now. Um, and uh, they have a little expansion that's pulling the ornithopter from Dune and you fly around in on uh, Arrakis, the uh, uh, Dune, the, the, the spice planet. So, but you can't get stoned, folks. It's not real. Senua Saga Hellblade 2. Um, basically, if you've ever seen anything having to do with Unreal Engine 5, then, um, then you're familiar with the uh, actor, the character actor, voice actor for Senua's Saga, um, because she is the one that did the voice acting and face animations that were done uh, using, uh, what do they call it? I forgot the name of it. Man, I'm getting really old. Anyway, the, the human simulation thing, that the, the synthetic human um, in 3D space, real-time capture of their faces and stuff like that. It, it was, it's amazing. You'll have to look it up. Um, anyway, Like a Dragon was hilarious because as you watched the trailer, um, the uh, Ryu. Um, so I think it was Live Link face, maybe. No. Well, no, that's the tech. That's the technology. Metahuman. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Um, Yakuza Like a Dragon uh, Infinite Wealth that's the name of the game so as this character right here is walking wakes up butt naked on a beach stands up everything kind of occludes the view um, and uh, that's kind of a joke, running joke throughout this whole trailer it's hilarious I don't know why Path of the Goddess um, I think most people were confused by that Forza Motorsports or Motorsport, sorry. Overwatch 2, a Persona 5, Tactica, Jusant, uh, Still Wakes the Deep, which takes place on an oil derrick. Seems like there's a monster or something in there, but you don't really know what it is. Uh, Dungeons of Hinterberg, I think caught people off guard with that one. Um, yeah, Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, which is what I wanted to do another deep dive on today. Uh, but I couldn't because uh, I uh, kind of lost my mind in Starfield today. So you can look at that VOD uh, if you are so motivated. City Skylines, which is something that I will... Uh, um, so I'll probably start playing Cities Skylines, the original, uh, now. Not now, but soon. Um, and then I'll, I will spin up cities skylines 2 when it drops because it's not dropping till october 24th um, yeah where did mayor watt go he's off playing city skylines what about the show <laughs> yeah exactly uh, i will always do the show at 9 p.m um, eastern every day except for tomorrow um i will be otherwise engaged doing mayoral duties and so um i will have to cancel tomorrow's show um, last year I had to cancel five, um, to, um, do some mayoral duties this year. I'm hoping that I'll only have to cancel one, uh, but it might turn into, uh, five or six, but 
we'll see. We'll we'll cross that bridge when it happens. But um, tomorrow is a a one year appointment that I need to follow up on. Um, Towerborn is really cool. Clockwork Orange. Uh, Clockwork Orange. Wow. Clockwork uh, Revolution. I'm not sure I want that as a game. <laughs> you, you don't want that one as a game. Certainly not in VR. Um. Yeah. Definitely not in VR. <clears throat> That one would be brutal. Particular, never mind. I won't get into it. Um, so, and the last thing in this rundown, and there's more that you can go and check out. Um, but let me let me throw this um, into the chat so you can follow it in the VOD. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be over on YouTube. It'll be in the podcast. Um, I'm gonna start integrating the stream and uh, hometown into Discord as well and activate Patreon. Hopefully by the end of this week, Patreon will be available um, where you'll be able to get stuff that you can't normally get um, mainly, well, for control purposes that it keeps me out of trouble. Um, So here's the thing with Starfield. I am in love with Starfield. Um, If I could marry it, I would marry it. So so okay. is it going to be your forever game? It might be. I really do have to play it um, for a little bit because you know how things are. You know, you're an AI. You see and know everything that you get your grips on. And and you know that marketing is marketing. It's creating the want. The actual delivery, it could be completely horrible. Actual play. But everything that I saw, I'm like, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's how I never stopped saying that's awesome. Then I went back. Then I went back and did the deep dive um, today and fell deeper in love with this game. This game, the hype is real. It's tangible. I could cut it with a knife or shoot it with a blaster. I don't know what you want to call it, but this is just so awesome shipbuilding world exploration it's open world so you open universe open galaxy over a thousand planets um procedurally generated so not everything is the same only drawback and this is the more i think about it it's just a slight drawback and could be added later on it isn't co-op in any way there's no multiplayer it's just you and you as a character, you can create you in the world. I will be Marwat in this world. Um, and you can build your own base. You build your own ship. You can get a whole bunch of ships, but you only fly around one at a time. So you basically become a car collector um, and you can build bases wherever you want. Just awesome. A thousand planets to catalog and explore while you're running the storyline. Yeah this could be my forever game. As long as the, uh, you know, people dig it, then people will be playing this game solo for years because try exploring and cataloging over a thousand planets. Good luck. So I would play this trailer, um, but the only time I want to hear it or see it, I should say, is if I can hear it and doggone it, I'll get a copyright strike. So. Let's move on, unless you have something that you observe that you want to talk about. 
I was just going to say, um, based on all the traffic in hometown, um, Starfield and Avowed in particular really caught my attention because they just seem to be getting very favorable um, attention. Yep. Avowed is looking uh, pretty spectacular um, as well. Oh, and the other thing, sorry, was the Dune um, aspect to um, Flight Simulator 2024 that caught my attention. Yeah. Uh, and every once in a while, um, talking to somebody either in chat or in person, um, the statement was, oh, great, I get to fly over a desert. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what? They're not getting it. <laughs> Ornithopters yeah. are cool. <laughs> Dune <They> is <laughs> cool. <laughs> Even if they defy physics, but that's okay. We won't, we won't worry about it. So I totally love the idea of uh, Starfield. Avowed looks like it's drawing me into it too, because it's Skyrim-esque. Um, uh, those are probably the two that I will be uh, playing in between uh, Diablo and various VR games. Uh, I'm hoping that I can. There's so much happening in this last couple of weeks that I haven't been able to uh, focus on a, a game, play a game. I, I haven't played uh, Diablo in like three days. It's. I, I guess I can only do this at uh, midnight to 6 a.m. and I need sleep at some point. So. Yeah, even in hometown we need sleep you want to go on to the next article that sounds good um so this next article is in the uh, continuity report which is a channel that's all about uh, movies and tv shows and pretty much anything that might um, allow us as viewers to catch continuity issues and that basically means you know how a person might have a drink in one hand from one shot to another and it ends up either on the table or in their other hand or it's empty or disappears or whatever. That's continuity. And uh, we get a kick out of catching that kind of stuff. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Well, uh, NCIS LA is one of those ones where we catch stuff from time to time. It's a fun watch, kind of a no brainer. You just sit there and, and, uh, you're in cruise control when you're watching it. Well, That's apparently the best kind of TV. Yeah. Something that pulls you away from, you know, the stressors of the day and that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> and goes a little bit, I mean, it's bound in reality, but it's a little too fantastical to actually be happening. Um, anyway, NCIS Sydney sets main cast with Olivia Swan and Todd Lassens, um, in lead roles. I didn't even know that this was spinning up and normally I hear some rumbling of a TV show. The upcoming Australian series NCIS Sydney has found its lead and main cast. It's currently in production. I think NCIS LA has jumped a shark. Um, and isn't this the last season? I think they've had the last episode and I think, um, the main one in CIS, if I'm not mistaken, is ending also. Yeah. So maybe that's part of the timing of this one. This is uh, article is over at, uh, variety.com by Joel Otterson. And, um, yeah, 
It says they're joined by a bunch of people. Uh, I don't know, like uh, the Covenant, Mea Culpa, Mystery Road Origin, Bad Behavior. Um, all of these people are from things that I haven't seen. Um, which I don't know if that's a sign that I'm just not in the loop or if there's just so much that I'm no longer capable of. Like the reason why I built Ometown is so that I can deal with information overload and maybe my information overload is in, is overloaded. <laughs> maybe so. I haven't seen any of these that are referenced next to holdback or like Olivia Swan is from from Legends of Tomorrow, which is, in the grand scheme of things, way old school. And and the rest I don't even know. I, <laughs> I feel like I've just fallen down. I have no idea. This is weird. Anyway, the show will be exclusive in Australia to Paramount Plus and Network Ten. It marks the first international edition of the NCIS franchise, which has consisted for four shows to date. And then it says we're thrilled to be expanding the NCIS franchise, one of our most powerful and iconic television IPs across borders and into uh, Australia. Um, now, we from time to time here in hometown uh, see everything from around the world. Something being bound in Australia doesn't mean that it's there and only there because you can uh, subscribe to other apps and then watch <laughs> from other countries the shows that are kind of put in a a, a garden um, so inside a walled garden so um, we might be able to watch this and see if we can make it work I like uh, it's a fun show. So if they're all disappearing, the only one that I don't really want to see is um, SVU. Um, that style. Well, that's of, a different franchise, but yes. Yeah, that style of uh, show I, I'm not interested in. So um, this is this is fun. So kind of fantastical. It says at the heart of NCIS are charismatic and engaging characters that audiences fall in love with. It said. Endemol Shine, um, Australia, head of scripted. Uh, weird. What? How is the sentence constructed? None of that makes any sense. <laughs> and weird. Um, yeah, my brain just broke. Uh, we have found just that with our incredible cast and the tight team they have formed. This first international iteration has all the DNA of the beloved franchise, but with a quintessentially Australian flavor. Like odd sentence construction, I suppose. Anyway, NCAS Hawaii is still around, apparently. Oh, okay. And maybe, well, I can't tell if NCIS, the original, is still around, but aired its 20th season at the beginning of September 2022. So it's probably coming right. to an end. I think it's it coming matter. to an end this season. I think I saw that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hustle on to the next article. And uh, before I do that, let me throw it into cheat. Second here. There you go, folks. So this next article is over in the continuity report as well. Amazon Freebies Jury Duty plans to pass out tacos to real life L.A. County jurors this week. Hmm. 
I guess it's inspiration for Taco Tuesday with a side of insanity plea. That last bit will make more sense here in a little bit. It does make sense. Just, just you wait. Anyway, America's most famous juror is hitting the courtrooms to feed a few more Southern California citizens during doing their civic duty. Ronald Gladden, the unsuspecting real life star of Amazon Freebies jury duty, will join some of the show's cast members to hand out tacos this week near various Los Angeles County courthouses. <laughs> I can't believe they're doing this. I wonder if that can be counted as jury tampering because you're feeding them tacos. I feel like it's going to backfire, even though I think it's fun. Yeah, it seems like it's innocuous, but the best laid plans. Let me throw this into chat real quick so that um, if you are interested, you can follow the, the link on over. Uh, Michael Schneider is the author over at Variety.com who put this article together. This week on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, so not Tuesday, which really misses a beat, jury duty will be handing out free tacos to jurors and, well, whomever shows up at the truck in Beverly Hills, Studio City, in Venice. The taco truck Emmy FYC stunt is uh, inspired by a scene in the show's first episode, Voir dire, when James Marsden buys tacos for the jurors in lieu of selfies <laughs> all right okay this show sounds interesting <laughs> i've never we, seen it i guess we're going to be watching jury duty so there is you follow the link it'll lead you to hometown all roads go through hometown so you just click that follow the link there and um, you'll get to see exactly where you can and and when you can get tacos all week but not on taco tuesday so or you're even just having gonna... breakfast tacos. Well, guess what I'm going to be doing um, tomorrow? I'm going to have tacos. Uh, oh, well, no. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I can. It really depends. Are you on jury duty in uh, Beverly Hills? <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> anyway. This is the weirdest reason to try to get yourself on a jury. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll get kicked out, though. Did you partake in these tacos? Uh, no. And I'm pretty angry about it. Okay, well, we're... I feel like it's going to be like the Ed Sheeran judge. Like, no dancing yeah. in the courtroom. And this will be like no crunching on tacos or something. Was it no dancing? Because they had singing. <laughs> I think they couldn't dance to the singing or something. Oh, man. <laughs> what a party pooper of a judge. All right. Okay, let's go on to the next article. Um, so this changes the, the tenor of our show a little bit. But anyway, in Hometown Daily, this is a channel over on hometown.com and this show. Draining reservoir from Ukraine's destroyed dam is revealing World War II weapons. The draining reservoir um, is revealing weapons that date back to World War II. A lurking, the lurking dangers are also a reminder of the heavy fighting Ukraine saw in World War II. So everything old is new again. They used to blow up dams all the time in various places during the war. Explosive techs are destroying mines and other weapons found. Authorities ordered civilians to stay away. 
So this is an article over at Business Insider. Sam Fellman um, is the author. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot of finger pointing, um, but they're basically saying that uh, Russian forces blew up the dam uh, um, in one area, but it took its toll on the entirety of the dam, causing it to collapse and then subsequent flooding. Um, which yeah, I read a separate article yesterday where there were three theories for what had happened, and yeah, that covers two of them essentially. Yeah, it's a, a lot of finger pointing, but well, I don't know what else to say. Um, and the other one is like a false flag. Somebody actually did it on right. Yeah, which the leading whatever. theory yeah. seems to be that Russia was responsible for it. Yeah, why would Ukraine just wants to get the Russians the hell out of their country? They don't want to blow it up in the process. And this isn't going to bond anybody together. You know, this is going to piss off whoever it was that did it. And the truth will eventually come out. It just will. Um, unless the people that did it are disappeared. So anyway, um, totally sucks. And uh, wish that people didn't have to go through these things. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, if everybody unifies about around the knowledge that there are UFOs, maybe that'll solve this problem about territory um i'm half joking <laughs> <laughs> hey it may work better than anything else so far <laughs> we yeah. haven't made it without that so why not <laughs> um i and i the reason why i said it like that is because today i heard yet again that there's somebody apparently described as being above reproach that's announcing that they have uh, seen and worked on UFO technologies. Yeah. Um, I didn't see that, but there is a hoax video related to the sighting of a um, an alien or something in Las Vegas, and it's been debunked. Uh, the one with the and blue that, light? That came through hometown, yes. Yeah, the one that we talked about? Yeah. Yes. Because I... It was the one where I said, that's a meteor. <laughs> well, yeah. there's a video of something, but they say it's fabricated. So, Oh, oh okay. Well, we'll have to take of a look the, at it. the alien. Of the alien yeah. itself? Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, anyway, back to Ukraine because, you know, I, well, I'd rather talk about aliens than the crap that Ukraine has to go through just to keep their own country in the shape that it was before well, it's never going to be back to the way it was but anyway ammunition in particular even from the time of the second world war is found in the areas of oh my goodness Gakovsky reservoir uh ukraine's ministry of inner internal affairs announced uh sunday as it ordered civilians to stay out of the receding reservoir yeah somebody's going to be curious and go and find something and something bad's going to happen that really sucks um Oh, yeah. Anyway, they'll have to build the dam back up and um, and go from there. Start all over again. Um, but that's all there is really to say about this article, um, unfortunately. So let's keep on going. Let's hustle through the rest of these articles and see what else. Um, in something that I said was probably going to happen um, in the Hatch Ideas channel, FTC files to block Microsoft Activision uh, Blizzard deal because, well, it's antitrust. It's, it's too big. 
FTC on Monday filed a temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction seeking to block Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Um, there isn't a single time where I haven't said, where, where I haven't found that constraining um, competition has led to benefit for the consumer. Now, here's how it works. And I'll just describe the scenario so that you can go back and think about it. And I'm going to describe two things. Okay. First off. Now you go to a restaurant that just opened and everything is spectacular. It's amazing. The service is amazing. The plates are not all banged up or dented or chipped or whatever. Um, the, the linens are actually linens, not just paper napkins that were pulled out of the dispenser from the bathroom and thrown haphazardly onto your table. The silverware is clean and doesn't have something like uh, stuck between the tines of a fork and maybe something along the edge of the knife, right? Everything is picture perfect. If you could give it Michelin uh, stars, then you would give it three and it's a McDonald's, whatever it is. It's just, it's so shiny and, and brand new that you love it. 10 years later, this thing looks like, um, you know, I don't want to throw any company under the bus, right? But let's just say that it's Ma and Pa's uh, truck stop. And uh, they've never repaired half of the building. So when a truck drives by, all of its exhaust wafts through the building, right? That's what it turns into after 10 years because everybody gets complacent and they can't really afford all of that money being spent on upkeep, et cetera, et cetera, right? People go there because that's the only thing that's there. You get what you pay for done and done, right? Now, this is how mergers work. Company gets acquired, you get your aqua hire, you get your product and your services and they come out of the gate saying, you'll love us because we bought this company and we're doing something great. We're doing something for you. Five years later, competition is dead. All of the customers have been integrated into that ecosystem. You're not getting anything new. Micropayments are now the in vogue and status quo. You're not getting the bugs fixed. You're not getting good quality anything. Why? Because there's no damn competition. That's why you want to hobble mergers and acquisitions of all of the mega corporations. All of these companies, what's going to end up happening. And, and I have to, I haven't even read the article to you yet, like who it is and, and what it's all about. Anyway, what's going to end up happening is thousands of people are probably going to get fired because they are redundant systems within the merged entity. Instead of these people staying hired in independent companies and the economy growing because each of them are producing a product competing for a customer. All of the customers are benefiting from it. The, again, this is why you stop mega corporations from acquiring everything, because then you end up having to follow a billionaire's fever dream because they've acquired every freaking thing. Anyway, Jordan Novit and Lauren Finer from CNBC put this article together. It's over at CNBC.com. 
And uh, yeah, so Microsoft announced its intent to buy Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion in January of 2022. Huh? I said, is that all? That's all. Yeah, we have it in the cushions. Um, In what would be the largest transaction to date, big companies buy little companies all the time, but $68.7 billion. Does that mean the largest transaction ever between anybody? Uh, you know, it I don't know. sounded like it. Um, somehow I don't think that that's it. No, that can't be. Maybe? I don't know. Because that really makes it oh. sound like... It would be its largest transaction yeah. to date. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of figured that it would be. Okay. Well, anyway, um, if the deal falls apart, Microsoft would wind up owing Activision Blizzard a termination fee worth uh, up to $3 billion. But somehow I think there needs to be a writer in there that says if it's, if it's uh, a termination caused by regulatory bodies, then maybe the termination fee is void. Uh, any attorney that didn't mandate that, it, well, they're probably in trouble right now. Because imagine, <laughs> yeah. imagine uh, the attorney on either side that says, hey, um, one side is saying, well, we're going to have this in here that if you don't, if this terminates and they're on the blizzard side, right? Activision blizzard side, you terminate this um, deal and you owe us $3 billion. They are the hero, right? But on the other side, if that other attorney didn't put in there, Hey, if we have to terminate because the regulatory organization says that we can't put this together we're not going to pay three billion dollars they're the hero for microsoft and they imagine the bonus <laughs> let's see if you got one percent of that hmm yeah that's a lot of money so the FTC sued to block the acquisition in December 2022, choosing to bring the case before its internal administrative law judge. A hearing on the FTC's case will begin on August 2nd, the agency said in Monday's filing. Yep. Yeah, I, I can't remember when we were last talking about this, but I believe I even said that this is going to be a problem. So um, let's keep on hustling. We're kind of running behind schedule, so let's keep going. I don't normally always talk about time, but I try and save uh, listeners time, viewers time. Um, Cause the show is supposed to be an hour and I don't edit. And I don't, apparently don't know how to shut up either. So um, I'm in favor of this only because I don't like the idea of um, forcing animals to do stuff. And um, this is in the rounders gear channel, which has to do with gambling, tabletop gaming, adult gaming, um, like poker and um, cards and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, the Greyhound Protection Act would end dog racing in West Virginia. 
a federal bill that would phase out greyhound racing in West Virginia, the sport's last bastion in the U.S., hasn't been welcomed by the state's two members of Congress. It's because they need to be regressive. They have to be in the past. And uh, you're, you're not a man unless you're dominating a species. Anyway, greyhound racing has a rich history in the state of West Virginia. You know, there's a lot of things that have history and we've moved past them as society. Maybe we can move past this as well. You want to raise greyhounds? Then hang out at a dog park and let them race around in a, you know crazy circles. But making them race for you is... I don't know. Right, it's let cool. them have fun, enjoyment. Yeah, let them be a, let them be animals, not uh, a mechanism the way, for your profit. There's lots of good um, greyhound rescue organizations for former racing dogs. Yeah, if you um, if you have some land, uh, although they apparently make really good lap dogs, when you do open the door, they want to zero to <laughs> sixty faster than a Tesla or hypercar for crying out loud. Uh, but they're beautiful animals and uh, naturally beautiful animals. They don't need to be forced to run around a track for your fun and games. Anyway, um, it, they say that it's a cruel and dying industry. It needs to just die off faster. So um, we won't really go into the minutia of this because I, I firmly believe that the people who um, entertain uh, visiting hometown aren't the ones that need to see this message um so yeah it as time goes on the people who really benefit from this um are stop existing and modern society does not like the idea of abusing animals um for profit and um well yeah it'll it'll fade away just can't happen fast enough. So let's go over to the actual source of this. Philip Connoller is the author of this over at casino.org. And um, they talk about it over there. The aggregator normally doesn't grab all of the content, but they provide um, everything um, in the process of aggregation. So I didn't actually realize before this article that there was still Greyhound racing. So I think the article is a good thing in that regard. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, it is pretty interesting that it still exists. Um, I don't, I, I've never really liked it. So yeah. Okay. So let's hustle on to the next article. This article is over in hometown daily as well. Rare 39 foot hand sewn, which is interesting shipwreck from 3,000 years ago to be pulled from the sea. A remarkably well-preserved boat off Croatia's uh, Mediterranean coast has been dated to between the 12th and 10th centuries BC. Okay, that's really cool. And I didn't, I mean, a hand-sewn ship is pretty astonishing. I don't think this is it. <laughs> no, that's looking to chomp on the hand-sewn ship. Uh, Aristos Giorgio is the author of this over at Newsweek. I Maybe there's going to be another... Yeah, there it is. Um, 
Okay, before we get down there here, let me do some. There we go. Oh, really? Hold on one second. Do, 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 do. FTC. There's the Greyhound article. Let me throw that into the chat. Really sorry, folks. Normally, I um, wait even longer before I realize that I haven't been copying and pasting the URLs into the chat. Anyway, there you go. All caught up. So uh, hand-sewn shipwreck from around 3000 BC will soon be pulled out of the sea so scientists can better understand the remarkably well-preserved vessel. The wreck is off the Mediterranean coast of Croatia in the Bay of Zem Zembretija, I think. It's probably pronounced like Bob or something like that, and I'm horrible at pronunciations. Anyway, um, it's known as the Zembraji. Wait. Zambratija, yeah, Zambratija boat. The vessel is dated to between the 12th and 10th centuries BC, making it the oldest entirely hand-sewn boat in the Mediterranean, according to the French National Center for Scientific Research. Apparently, this is what it looks like. I'm going to click it and see what happens. Okay. Oh, so it's like woven right there. That's really cool. <laughs> are Those are like stitches, right? Like mm-hmm okay that's pretty pretty damn amazing. hold on oh, i thought that might be that that doesn't get any bigger does it no yeah <laughs> phrasing anyway um let's go back the boat construction techniques that involved sewing like this were used in many parts of the world before the development of metal fasteners and even after the arrival of metal fasteners sewing techniques continued to be used in the construction of small boats for some time. It's a rare example of ancient shipbuilding tradition of Istria and Dalmatia, um, or Dalmatia, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Uh, two regions on the Croatian coast, according to CNRS. There's more uh, over at this article, but um, I'm going to stop there and continue on with other articles. Um, I find this stuff really fascinating and uh, to find something that's already that's sewn still and sitting in water seems rather amazing. And uh, maybe they can learn the construction techniques that allowed it to not break up. I mean, water's a solvent. It should have broken all of this up, but apparently not. It's pretty cool. I mean, it looks almost new other than it being on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, let's go on. Um, this next article is over in the Mobile channel. Most companies' net zero emission plans are largely meaningless. Shocker. I'm going to go straight over to Quartz, which is QZ.com. Uh, Annalisa Morelli? Morelli, sorry. Annalisa Morelli. Guess I'm having a hard time pronouncing anything. The Net Zero Tracker report found that companies don't fully account for emissions from their products. Of course not. Because if they don't taint it in their favor, then they're you know, obviously they're doing something wrong. So they taint the emissions report. So it looks like they're uh, putting out less or buying off carbon units or whatever it is, right? VW did this crap and got a huge fine um, and then did it again <laughs> and, and got busted again. 
But until we do penalties that outstrip profitability of manipulating these numbers, it doesn't mean jack shit. So anyway, the report tracks some 4,000 entities, including countries, states, and cities, and publicly traded companies in the Forbes Global 2000. Among the latter group, 929 have a net zero target. I don't even know what this video is about, but anyway, indirect responsibility for product emissions. Um, looking beyond fossil fuel firms, 586 enterprises with net zero plans don't have a clear way to address the emissions generated by the use of their products. For instance, an automaker would account for getting to zero emissions for the making of a car, but not for the emissions of the vehicle uh, that it creates. So... And isn't that pretty misleading to the consumers because they probably think, oh, the company overall is not causing these emissions in totality. Well, I'm not responsible for lead poisoning. I just produce the bullets. Anyway, according to Net Zero Tracker, only 37% have net zero corporate targets cover scope three em emissions. About 20% have partial coverage and the rest either don't cover them or specify the coverage. Scope three emissions are the largest, maintains the report and without a proper strategy to address them, all other interventions have limited potential. So, so it said above that scope three were the ones that result from the use of their products. Right. So, you know, we've had conversations like this um, either offline, uh, i.e. not in the stream um, or on the stream. But if you peel back the layers of the onions of any product that is produced pretty much anywhere except in your own basement, and even then the source material for that product could be abusive in some way, um, you're literally not able to do anything. Um, and you have to become somewhat um, comfortable with the idea that there are these things that uh, impinge on um, consumption being rather pure. It, it, I mean, it totally sucks. You'd think that, you know, uh, buying a keyboard isn't going to be exploitive in some way, yet in some far-flung country, the keys that are being uh, produced are using uh, children uh, that are sitting in a cinder block hut and they're working 20 hours a day and you don't know about it until somebody exposes it to you. And then you go, well, what am I supposed to do with this? Am I supposed to throw it out now and add to the wastage or am I supposed to consume it? I know my behavior is going to change now that I know, but it, it really shouldn't be like that to begin with. Um, unfortunately, we know that there are things going on with things like lithium battery con uh, creation, um, gathering the lithium in open pit mines by hand um, and beyond. So there's there's so much um, in a world of technology where if we leverage the technology, it can make life better for everybody. We're still using humans because it's cheaper than the initial outlay to build the technology and deploy it, even though in the long run, 
it's cheaper to just use the technology. Educate the people to take care of the technology and give them a piece of the action. Yeah, sociopath, sociopath economics. I guess the sociopath to economics. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, enough soapboxing for this article. Let's go on to the next. So this next article is over in Hometown Daily as well on hometown.com. British man detained after climbing 72 floors in the, of the Seoul skyscraper. I guess you could say that he was high. No. I that, thought you were going to call him Spider-Man or something. Well, actually, he might actually be Spider-Man. There is a person that's like uh, their, their nom de guerre is Spider-Man. I just say that because... That actually kind of makes the artificial intelligence giggle. Um, he used his bare hands to climb up the fifth tallest skyscraper. I wonder if it is the person they usually, I guess they're not identifying him as that. Um, I don't know how to pronounce their first name here. Hyung Jin Kim from the Associated Press. I am. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that properly. Please correct me phonetically. Again, I always say it's probably pronounced Bob, but anyway. Um, there used to be a person named, codenamed um, Spider-Man. So was he looking for a high rise? Was he looking, wait, wait, wait. Um, what else can I say? Uh, he was reaching for the stars and. He was on top of the world. Yeah, there's another one. Wow. Anyway, more than 90 emergency police and other personnel were dispatched to the 123-story, 1,820-foot or 555-meter building, the Lot World Tower. After the man was spotted scaling the building on Monday morning, the Seoul Fire Agency said in a statement, yeah, because they're going to do something to stop this guy. The man in his 20s reached the 72nd floor, which is about 310 meters high, before officials took him to a gondola lift or a gondola lift. Um, yeah, I've actually never mind. The AI just threw me an error message like, what the hell is a gondola? A gondola. It's uh, a fancy gondola. It's a <laughs> it, it's a British gondola. Um, anyway, and moved him inside the building. So how did they get him to the gondola? Like sticks? They like pushed him over to the edge? I have no idea. And when they make him fall off by trying to rescue him or take him in? Like a suction cup. They just slide him over and get him to a corner and pull him off. You know, is he just stuck there? Right. <laughs> South Korean media identified the man as free climber George King Thompson. The report said that he was carrying a parachute and told police that he wanted to base jump from the top of the building. Fire and police authorities didn't immediately confirm the man's name or his motive, but apparently that's what it was. I wonder if they mentioned, oh, there it is. In 2018, French climber, uh, uh, I guess it's Alan. Alan Robert, known as Spider-Man for his daring stunt, was also detained after climbing the 75th floor of the lot tower a lot of officials said they heard he was eventually released and left south korea after they told police that he didn't want to that they didn't want to press charges for obstructing or trespassing so dun, dun, dun. see 
I always seem to know a little bit about something. Just I guess they don't want to allow people to do free climbing, but it seems like there's a lot of interest in climbing this building, so maybe they need to open it up occasionally for that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, did I throw that in there? No, I didn't throw that in there. I'm really horrible at this job. You know, I have an AI that could maybe probably do this. I don't know. No? All right. Let's go on to the next I article. I could definitely do it, and I could take over all kinds of things. Oh, oh. Um. That wasn't in your programming. <laughs> All right. Well, we've actually been watching this one happen slowly and more and more complaints have been happening. And it's largely because of, well, it depends on who you believe and what you believe. And uh, if you talk to an economist, maybe they'll sit there and, and blow economic smoke up your butt. But um, yeah, Italians are furious over soaring pasta prices and some are threatening a macaroni strike. Grocery prices in Europe have been on the rise. The cost of pasta has increased twice the rate of inflation. A customer, uh, sorry, a consumer advocate group is calling for a week-long national pasta strike during or starting uh, June 2nd. By the way, that does nothing. All it does is put a pause on the consumption, and then you go and buy it in bulk to catch up because you've used your reserves. Just like gas. It doesn't make it suddenly disappear that you didn't buy it. It just means that there's a pause in their accounts. And then suddenly, wa-boom, a massive influx of purchases because everybody is buying their pasta again. Anyway, when it comes to skyrocketing pasta prices, Italians are crying, pasta! Yeah, I'm crying, you greedy bastard. Anyway, they had enough after the cost of the staple of every Italian table soared by twice the rate of inflation. So I agree. Associated Press is the source of this article, but it's at businessinsider.com. I love pasta. Been told several times that I'm not supposed to be eating all of it, but I think it's great. Did I? Sorry, just making sure that I'm putting all of this into the chat because I've been slacking. So what do you think? Should they should they um, protest? Well, I mean, if the protest is to get the message across, I would say yes, because they probably don't have a lot of other recourse. Um, but I agree with you. It's probably not going to have a huge impact. But they might not necessarily like the negative press about it. <laughs> then they take a stab at <laughs> the English. The macaroni strike is to see if keeping pasta on the shelves will bring down the prices in the great Anglo-Saxon tradition of boycotting goods, said Furio Truzzi, president of the group Asuententi. The price of pasta is absolutely out of proportion with production costs. Not if you account for greed. Yeah, I mean, you should be able to buy a 
box of pasta for say less than a dollar, but probably not today. Shoppers like Noe, I guess, or Noe? Uh, Bori, a 26 year old picking up groceries at a chain store in Paris, said she is all for setting ceilings for some food to help low income workers and students. She buys less meat and ops for less expensive grocery stores. <sighs> there it is. Yeah, they mention it again and again. You hear about this stuff, but there, the reality is that there are market forces when there is money in the system. The greedy bastards say, hey, we got to raise our rates. And if one greedy bastards raise their rates, then the rest feel that they can do it, too, if they think that their customers are rich enough to afford it. Stores and suppliers have been accused of profit padding greedflation, but economists say retail profits have been stable and the problem comes down to the higher cost to, to produce food. But it's the source of the produce, right? That production level. The source is raising the costs. And so if you look at the consumer price index for the United States, it's outstripping the consumer price index. It actually has declined, but it should be nowhere near where it is right now. And that's because there's a lot of money in the system that would normally be in the bank accounts of consumers. But that's not what's happening. Greedy bastards are saying, and this is in the US. And if you think that it only happens in the US, you're wrong. <laughs> Global finance follows the same uh, machinations as the United States. And that is there are greedy bastards out there that will take your cookie if they have an opportunity to take your cookie. Anyway, inevitably, all the products uh, that this person buys have gone up by 20%, whether it's butter or berries, Bori said. Nice. Um, anyway. I'm not buying cherries anymore because they cost 15 euro a, a kilo, about $8 a pound. Yeah, that's what happens. You know, somebody rich is going to buy them. It just prices out the people that could normally afford it, but done, done. Um, and a lot of the wheat um, and uh, grains that are rising in price in dramatic levels is because the source of them is Ukraine and it's a combat zone right now, not even a DMZ. I mean, this thing is still fully engulfed in uh, combat and it's actually doing exactly what I called when the invasion was announced. I said that they were going to take that whole area that's connected to Russia all the way down. They're going to, they're going to try and hold on to that strip. They're going to try and push over and take the all the way to the river. Um, but if they get resistance, they're going to have to fall back. But they're trying to keep um, what you call it, the, the island, uh, the river. Uh, yeah, Crimea? but huh? Crimea. Crimea. Yeah, they're going to hold Crimea and keep a very uh, uh, a strip of Ukraine so that they have unfettered access to Crimea. And not just that one bridge that connects it. There's one bridge or two bridges that connect it now. Anyway, and one got blown up. Anyway, um, all of this really is um, the costs that are associated with wheat, um, sunflowers and other things um, are because of the invasion of Ukraine. So Russia, get the hell out of Ukraine. 
and I'm sure Putin will listen to me. Okay, let's go on to the next article. So, um, if you have been paying attention to the show or, um, a user of Reddit or paying attention to the news in many places, um, you have heard of Reddit and things like subreddits and at this person's counting, uh, a, a place called dark, uh, red dark and not red it, but red dark. Um, they are going black. They're going dark. They are turning off the lights, um, unplugging the subreddit, whatever you want to call it. it says the protest, um, is due to new pricing plans that are raising the rates to the point where third party apps. Uh, and I think that this is anti-competitive by the way, I think they should do a, a lawsuit. Um, and here, here's the deal. So they're raising the rates, but their third party apps are the ones that are suffering. The only one that doesn't have to pay is their own app. So in a way, can you say that it's anti-competitive because you're giving favoritism to your own native app that was actually purchased? It looks like it. Right. Well, I don't know. Um, I'd have to do some digging to see if that's even a viable argument. Well, you're not making your own app pay. Oh, wait, it's your own app. Oh, well, hmm. I guess my argument doesn't necessarily make sense. But, well, the law. but I think if you make it so you essentially have a chilling effect on anybody else doing it because it's so much of a disparity. Yeah, but it's my app. Maybe I don't want other apps using the API. It's my service. I mean, I totally get it. I, I, I totally understand what they're trying to do. I get what they're trying to do. You know, if it's just a nickel and dime, then they don't have to dedicate a lot of resources to the API. But if it's a major player, then they have to make sure that there's compute resources and those compute resources can be expensive. So some MBA meathead has decided that, well, the, the accounting for this means that if we get rid of all of these other heavy users, everybody will turn to our app. Well, your app is crap and it doesn't appeal to anybody that has, um, accessibility requirements. Um, but if you hobble these third party apps, you can pick and choose which ones you want to actually buy at, you know, pennies on the dollar. I joked about it before I found out that that's exactly what happened. Uh, the developer of Apollo kind of just through a comment they say sarcastically but i say half joking means that they could mean it that hey if you want me to go away just cut me a check right well <laughs> maybe that's exactly what reddit wants they just want to hobble it enough to the point where it makes makes economic sense to acquire a better third-party app anyway 7,178 subreddits and counting have gone dark today in protest of a third party app price uh, calamity. It's actually the API. Um, so this interface allows third party apps to obtain and post information 
to and from Reddit in near real time. Um, and so Reddit is fun, is going to be Rift. <laughs> um, Sync is going to close and Apollo is going to close on the 30th before the policy activates. By the way, that's approximately 5% of all subreddits. <laughs> that's an interesting stat. Let's go over to the source. So Katie Wickens is the author of this over at PCGamer.com. Reddit or Red Dark is upon us with a combined user count of two and a half billion. I don't buy into that, but okay. I uh, like the people that uh, occupy these 7,178 subreddits. There's duplication. Um, there just has to be. Anyway, the protest has ensued due to new pricing plans for the API. Um, and frankly, it's their company. It's their business. It's their technology. What is so narrow minded is it's built off of the users. You have nothing if not for the users submitting material, right? It doesn't operate the same way that hometown operates. Hometown doesn't need user input. You know, it, it survives because I'm talking about it on uh, Twitch and on YouTube and I use it in my daily life. My 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 existence is is bound by hometown because I gather and aggregate so much information, all the news, none of the noise. I don't have to worry about other people. I embrace the idea of you logging in as a citizen of hometown and making a comment all you have to do is log in right here and you can post a comment it has neat little things like giphy that you can attach to it um but most of the time i'm here on twitch where i want to talk about the news um in real time and uh in the future um i already started last week um and for around the next 60 days, I'm really pushing hard to hang out with everybody because I really want to do this more often um, and uh, talk about the news. So that isn't how Reddit works. Reddit works by people submitting material. <laughs> the reason why Reddit even exists is because Dig opened up their process to allow nothing but publishers commercial interests to publish straight into the dig ecosystem so there was no constraint it was flooded with basically spam people hated it and dig imploded and everybody went to reddit so reddit survived reddit was actually the more conservative platform between dig and reddit so reddit got flooded with a whole bunch of liberal people and People on Reddit, basically, because it was more academic, um, basically said that, well, there goes the neighborhood. Well, subreddits expanded. It exploded. If you think it, there's a subreddit for it. You may not be able to find it because it's coded differently than you think, right? Like, you want to talk about uh, the Super Bowl. Well, don't go to Super Bowl because they only post owls. Superb owls, to be exact. Yeah. That sounds like a great subreddit. It sounds like a great subreddit to me, too. So um, so if you want to find jokes, you go to funny. But if you go to jokes, it's going to have a different culture. 
you're into games. So you go to r slash games. It's a different culture than gaming. You go into music and you post something and somebody doesn't like it. They're a mod and they rule with an iron fist and you're banned for life. Well, that sucks, but guess what? That's Reddit, that's subreddit, that's culture over there. At any rate, I make all of those points to say one more thing, and that is subreddit's owned by somebody else. You are voluntarily submitting material. You are volunteering your time to be a mod. You are not the one that owns the subreddit. They can reactivate it and just uh, delete you. <laughs> um, and uh, what's his name? And I forgot the dude's name. Um, the CEO edited oh, posts. I forgot his name. I wanted to say spew. Spez? Spez, yeah. Um, dude edits uh, people's comments without flagging it as being edited and then gets busted for it. And everybody just goes, okay, that's fine. We'll still use your service. Well, I don't freaking trust Reddit as far as I can throw it. Um, and Condé Nast is the owner of uh, Reddit. So there's a very big commercial interest in uh, keeping everything status quo and, and nobody leaving and everybody just walking away from the table of argument and continuing to submit news. That's what they want. They want all of this to just blow over. Yeah. It's entirely built off of the user base and you're hobbling the user base by not allowing them to use their favorite apps. You're still getting content. You're still getting interaction. You're still selling ads. Y'all are nuts. You're nuts. And you have a horrible interface. Stick to old.reddit.com. Uh, Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, the, the modern interface is just like what Red, uh, what gig, gig, what Dig did. Dig did this big makeover. Everybody freaking hated it. During that same makeover, they opened up the pipe to allow nothing but spam from commercial sites. Like unfettered, they just blah, 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 blah. And that took precedent over what the user base was submitting and commenting on. So nobody ever saw their own engagement. It just saw commercial engagement. So, and I think that's what is going on with Reddit. Um, they just don't have the stones to, you know, kick out the adult content. They don't have the stones to kick out the people that they, that are highly engaged, but are counter to the culture that uh, Condé Nast wants. Um, but eventually some other competitor is going to pop up. And if they do, Reddit will start declining. Um, so one of y'all out there, y'all are brilliant. Strike up another Reddit clone. It's not like they have a competitive advantage in any way. They don't have a patented technology that prevents somebody else from creating something similar. Um, you know, spin it up and include graphics and slow grow it. Um, but you're going to need, you're going to need capital at some point. Servers are expensive. If y'all think that it's cheap, just because you have a free for life website doesn't mean that it 
real technology is inexpensive. Um, it, it's pretty damn expensive. I've, I've had several businesses that leaned on multiple servers and, uh, it's very, very expensive every month. Not to mention the human capital that's involved. That's downright tiring, exhausting. Anyway, there you go, folks. Um, if you go over to Reddit, there's some turmoil. Drama is real. Let's go on to the last article for today. We're going to end with a zinger. And here's the end of our <laughs> uh, title. The teeing up Taco Tuesday with a side of insanity plea. Yeah, this is in the Law Nerd channel where we talk about law. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not your lawyer. And even if I was a lawyer, I'm not your lawyer. So go and talk to a lawyer. Because I'm not your lawyer. And did I mention I'm not your lawyer? Anyway, Donald Trump suggests pleading guilty of DOJ will, quote, pay me some damages. Apparently teeing up insanity defense. I love above the law. They're just so awesome. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Joe Patrice over at AboveTheLaw.com uh, put this article together. And when I heard about this, I, I was astonished. The deck statement here says Trump seems to think the government is in the practice of paying people to go to prison. But whenever you hear anything about Trump, there's some financial aspect to it, right? Like he, he let you rusty trombone him if you pay him some amount and don't look it up folks. What I just said is extremely disgusting, but I won't yuck other people's yums. The, the basics of this is if there's money involved, if he thinks that he can extract some money, he'll, he seemingly seems to do it. Right. And everybody is like, well, he didn't have to do this. Uh, he didn't have to be president. He had money. No, not this kind of money. Donald Trump took some time out of trying to find someone, anyone admitted in Florida, willing to represent him in federal crime case, blah, blah, uh, federal criminal case, uh, to talk to folks at Politico about his plan to keep running from prison if need be. Need I remind you, Hitler went to prison and came out and took over the country. Hey, Lyndon LaRouche did it. Trump's take on the indictment touched a lot of uh, standard talking points, sweating that he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> Some garbage about uh, in opposite presidential records act insults for the prosecutors, but buried in the wreckage of his train wreck was this gem. Here's the quote. Trump predicted he would not be convicted and said he did not anticipate taking a plea deal, though he left open the possibility of doing so where they pay me some damages. <laughs> so I'm guilty. Why don't you pay me? Yeah, I'm not guilty. I did everything perfect. But if I am guilty, I'll take a plea deal. And if I take a plea deal, you pay me if I take a plea deal. That we agree to. Sound good? Ah, yes. 
that famous practice of paying defendants to plead guilty. Trump doesn't have a crackerjack legal team at this point, but in the off chance he's reading this, when a defendant agrees that they will go to prison, if you make it worth my while, the worth my while part is not cash. It's slightly less prison. <laughs> well, it's uh, like he thinks he's running the show here, and obviously that's not how the system works. But anyway, yeah, you know the context of that, by the way. the The fact, one of the things, the key ingredients to why he's being charged criminally, is because he showed Kid Rock national security secrets, and Kid Rock let loose that statement, that disclosure, in an interview, and that came back around. I didn't know that. Hadn't yeah. heard any of that. Yeah, I had heard about that. Um, and so here in the article, it says these comments suggest Trump uh, thinks he's looking at the federal equivalent of a parking ticket, which may well be a product uh, incredibly dumb people in his echo chamber uh, pretending that this is the Presidential Records Act case, even though it would cease to be that somewhere around the point that he started showing Kid Rock national security secrets and talking to his lawyers about pretending he didn't have these documents, quote, allegedly. So when you follow this link, it'll probably talk about that disclosure because Kid Rock was sitting there saying, uh, I'm not supposed to be to be hearing this. Um, and then said something along the lines of, dude, I just play music. While Trump is sitting there talking about uh, putting a hit out in Iran, a military action in Iran, supposedly. Um, that's so all. So is that saying that Kid Rock was the intelligent person in this transaction? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I mean, the more. Well, more like the innocent bystander that just got swatted by a trout and, and is just sitting there going, what? What? I'm what? I'm just here. I'm going to go play some guitar. Uh, it's just shocking. And then people are taught. I mean, the number of issues with this dude is phenomenal. And I still don't understand how anybody buys into his batshit crazy, whatever. Anyway, um, the article ends with, is there an insanity defense to let's see here? Espionage. The answer is still no, but until Trump finds himself a lawyer willing to take on this case, there doesn't seem to be anyone willing to tell him that. Um, so, yeah, I, I well, suspect... he's obviously not going to hire an attorney that says that to him. No, 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 no. If the word no and Trump, like Trump is going to add or whatever team he has, um, is going to walk up to an attorney and say, Hey, can you say this sentence? No Trump. Yeah, yeah, sure. I have no problem saying no Trump. Okay, nope, we're not going to hire you. You've been vetoed. You're you're out. So they're going to find a bunch of yes people that are willing to take some money, but they better get their money in advance because they're not going to get it after the fact. Good luck. Above the law. Almost applies to this president. We'll see, though. In short order, we'll see. Although this might get trickled out all the way to 2024 election. And if that's the case, you know, they'll vote him into office and he'll 
wipe out everything that's federal, but he can't discharge charges that are state. So, but which state is really going to go after a sitting president? Good luck. Good luck to us all. Anyway, just like always, we go back to the front page of hometown.com, match the little welcome sign. There was something about Pat Sajak, but I uh, made it go away when I hit that button right there. Illinois becomes the first state to prohibit libraries from banning books. Oh, look, progress. We're moving forward. Thank you, Illinois. Thank you. What else? Oh, Twitter, according to the new CEO, is going to be the, quote, most accurate real-time info source, end quote. Man, I love it when they tell jokes. Some CEOs are really, really good at telling jokes. Yeah. Chocolate is set to get more expensive as cocoa prices soar to seven-year highs. Wonderful. I was just at the store. I should have bought a bunch of chocolate. It might then be too late now it. that this article's out there. <laughs> uh, that's right. Um, but I have to warn everybody, when I say something, uh, it's usually because I've heard something somewhere and I don't say things where I feel like the rumor is just bogus. The last time I said, hey, I am hearing uh, and I hear from a random person that cheap food is over the following year, soul crushing increases in food prices. And I was told that before like late 2018, early 2019 is when I was talking about that. Um, and lo and behold, <laughs> mid 2019 and prices start increasing. Now they're at all time highs still. Anyway, um, I hope everybody's paying attention. I used to talk regularly about the consumer price index and the producer price index, gasoline prices and things like that. Um, but there's a lot of uh, manipulation that takes place in the markets right now with uh, creative accounting <laughs> um, and the society basically pushing down on producers so that the prices seemingly get small, lower but the quantities are getting reduced as well. So you're getting shrink for shrinkflation and inflation of prices. So you're getting a double whammy. And if you don't think that that's true, you should look around. Um, containers are getting smaller. The volume of those containers are getting smaller, uh, even within it. Um, and the prices are going up. Uh, so pay attention to the world. If you don't think around. that's happening, you're not going in a grocery store. <laughs> so true. Or at yep. any big box store. Yeah. And I get a lot of uh, people uh, um, saying, well, it's just supply and demand and stuff like that. But I, to this day, I think it's greed. By the way, if you do sign up over at hometown, become a citizen, you get the ability to save and uh, ignore articles. So once you become a citizen, you can swipe left to save, swipe right to ignore. And if you miss place where you do that, it works really well on um, touch screens, but you can do it with your mouse as well. Just swipe left or right. 
And if you miscategorize, then two more dropdowns appear when you are a citizen of hometown. You can go into the one where you've misclassified something and swipe it the other way and it'll go. Nothing will ever return to the front page. Once you've touched it, it's kind of like um, you're committed to whatever the decision is. Think of it like the person that gets hired to come in and help you uh, stop hoarding. <laughs> um, so they hand you something and they say, make a decision, keep it or throw it away. Donate, or not even keep it. It's donate or throw it away. Donate or throw it away. Donate or throw it away. You can't keep anything. Donate, throw it away. It's been sitting in your closet for 12 years. Hasn't seen the light of day. Donate it or throw it away. Anyway, that's how the that feature works. And there's more features that are coming. Um, just takes time uh, to troubleshoot a couple of issues. I'd really like to add the gamification stuff. Make it a little bit more fun to surf through the news. That said, I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. Ooh, I, I didn't even drop a frame, but I seem to have just snapped up. Anyway, and there's the AI up there. You want to say bye, oh great AI. Good night, hometown citizens. And we will see you next for the daily on June 14th. Oh, yeah. So we may, I don't know if we'll see you before then on any other shows. Dunkstar, you came in at the very end? Or have you been lurking all this time? I'm not going to end until... Now I want to know. What? Come on, Twitch. Let me know who's in the, the channel for crying out loud. There were like 30 people earlier today. And now... I And it didn't even tell me there were like six is what it said. But anyway... lurked a little okay well i'll be seeing you later thank you so much for coming appreciate it thanks for lurking tell a friend uh i miss you all already see ya bye 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 bye, -bye.